to Success at Scale, the podcast that covers business stories from experienced entrepreneurs and startup founders, hopefully like you, on how to translate business ideas into business results. I'm your host, Greg Stein, and today we're going to talk with my good friend, Brian Ottens. He's the founder and CEO of Opus Labs. Brian is also the president and owner of Peter E. Schmidt Company. Uh, he is on the NAM Board of Directors. Uh, and, and he's involved in so many other things. He's uh, a musician and, and, quite frankly, a really good friend. And I'm super happy to have him here today. Uh, so, Brian, uh, tell us more about you and what you're up to these days. Thanks so much for having me, Greg. Really, really appreciate the opportunity. And uh, I've been a fan of yours and a friend of yours for many years now. So to be able to work together on, on this level and to be part of your podcast, which uh, I, I got to see a couple of them so far, it's, it's just fills me with energy. I love it. Thank you for the opportunity. I guess I've been categorizing myself over the years as a bit of a serial entrepreneur. Um, you, you mentioned I'm this uh, president of the Peter E. Schmidt Company, which is a rep firm that represents brands of professional music uh, products, audio and video in Metro New York. I'm the fourth generation of ownership of that company, but the first non-family member. So that company was founded in 1926. And um, I've got a tremendous legacy uh, behind me and one that I have to protect and means quite a lot to me, to be honest. Um, I also founded a logistics warehousing and fulfillment business called Stonetown Logistics. Um, we can talk about that a little bit as well. Um, and my newest venture is Opus Labs, which I am so excited to talk to you about today. It's it's going to be bridging the gap between what we call Web 2 and Web 3 and bringing NFT and blockchain technology to the music industry. And I'm wow. the first to really bring that technology in. And I'll share with you my goal, my vision, and how we're going to execute that. Oh, fantastic, Brian. Well, we're going to get into all that in a minute, but let's rewind for a second. You started out as a pianist, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? I did. I did. I was an aspiring musician. I played in bands in high school and college. I went to college for piano performance, and I realized that it's going to be a real tough living to make uh, performing on stage piano. So I uh, I quickly diverted that and I, I started it down the business road. But um, yeah, I mean, music is my passion. Um, I, I started out working for Victor's House of Music, which was just a retail music store. And uh, I was doing retail sales, honing my sales chops all these years. Then I moved from there to go and sell pianos, high-end pianos like Busendorfer and Schimmel, Kawhi. Uh, and then it was back in 2004 when I finally found my home at the Peter E. Schmidt Company and came to work for Mike Schmidt my ex-partner and ultimately ended up buying the company from him. Wow. That's amazing. All right. There's a lot to unpack in there. So yeah. you went from being a musician to a sales dude, to an executive, like let's just kind of unpack that for a second. Talk about that transition. Right. And, and what kind of like are the threads that kind of worked for you at, through each one of those transitions? Yeah. I, you know, it comes down to people. I always, I always enjoyed working with people and I always had the best intent in mind for, for sales. And a lot of people have these sales tactics, whatever it takes to get the sale, this, that. But for me, it was the interactions. It was guiding them in the right direction. It was that personal touch and feel. And I, I always, always gravitated towards sales. Even as a, as a child, I would crush these little school competitions. I remember I won a home entertainment system 
selling magazine subscriptions because I, I sold more magazine subscriptions going door to door than anybody else in my school. Um, it was just, I've got this competitive nature. I've got this compassion and love for people. And I, I love to steer them in the right direction. So it's interesting. I kind of blended those, those passions together with music. And I've always kept that as a common thread for what I wanted to do. Um, and so I knew I wanted to do sales. I knew I wanted to own my own business and be an entrepreneur. And I knew I loved music. And once you start to see how everything threads together here, music is that common theme that bonds everything together, even with oh, the logistics man. coming you're, into. So. Oh, you're hitting the nail on the head. No, I, it's, it's the same for me, right? And what's amazing is we've had some amazing guests on this podcast, right? And as we kind of look at it, if I had to summarize everything I've learned personally on these podcasts, it, it boils down to exactly what you said. And some people will order it differently depending on what business they're in, but it's people, it's passion and it's purpose, right? Yeah. Those three things come up every single time. And I think that's that's absolutely the truth. But let's go one one step deeper on this podcast, right? So, you know, if someone is listening right now and they're wondering, yeah, that sounds great, guys, but like, how does that translate to me and my business, right? Especially it's it's tough times out there. If I'm struggling and I'm trying to figure out what to do with my business, what's some advice or practical advice that you've learned that that might help someone right now listening? Yeah. Um so I, again, I, well, let's, let's break that into two pieces. People always ask me that are just starting out in their career. What do I do? How do I make money? How do I be successful? And I always say that if money is your primary objective, you're setting yourself up for failure. It, it, it has to be a byproduct of your efforts towards a greater good, towards a greater goal. And, and I always tell people that find your passion, find what there's something that makes everybody tick. And, and that's a, a very big sales technique is when you, when you are in sales, you always try to find that thing that people just open up and want to talk about, right? Everybody has it. For me, it's music or sports sometimes, but music. And so I thought to myself, how could I have a fulfilling life doing something that I'm passionate in and doing it at a very high level so that ultimately I will be successful and make money? And, and that's my advice to everybody is, is follow your passion. And when you realize the opportunities and the types of jobs that are available in every field, it, it would blow your mind. There are ways to be phenomenally successful regardless of what your passion is. And so people go and say, I want to be a doctor because I'm going to be successful. I want to be a lawyer because it's all the wrong reasoning. Do something, follow your passion. That, that's my number one piece of advice. The other, I guess, to ultimately answer your question, um, we're in a difficult time right now. We're in a bear market with cryptocurrencies, with the stock markets. Business is, is very difficult for the most part. We've got inflation. We've got all this stuff going on in the world. But with every tragedy and with every difficult time, there's always opportunity. And for me, I'll take COVID as an example. I, you know, My business got really, really impacted. I mean, negatively impacted, but instead of just rolling over and complaining, like a lot of people like, woe is me. I took a deep look into my business. I said, well, listen, I got all this extra time. 
Let me look at my efficiencies. How are we running? Are we doing the right things? Where are we spending money? You know, when times are good, you just kind of let all this stuff leak out. But if you really dig in and, and streamline and make your business more efficient during the downturns, you're going to be positioned and ready to succeed when things come back to normal. So don't ever have that woe is me attitude. Always look for opportunity. When business is slow, don't as a result of it become slow yourself, double down your efforts, find things to make yourself more efficient. And when business is slow, you also have to remember that your competitors are also slow. And if you do better than your peers, then all that business is going to funnel your way. And so that's my outlook on operating in a bear market, let's say. I love it. I love it. Well, I think that's extremely helpful. And I think, you know, going back to what you said before about following your passion, right? Mm -hmm. There, you know, it's one thing to talk about, you know, having a passion for something or whatever. It's another thing to actually realize it and and act on it and do it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll give you a real life example from my side, right? You see the drums in my background. Right. For Love a it. long time, we always would would. So I've been a drummer forever. That's that's the way I see the world. Right. Even in the world of business, I see it through that lens. And, and a really good drummer, I might say. Oh, thanks, man. But, you know, like when I when I look at this stuff, it's like, OK, hold on. I for years. Right. I would kind of fight the fact that I was a drummer and that was my passion because I wanted to be established as a business professional as well, right? So mm -hmm. I couldn't really see how the two connected. But funny enough, funny enough, look at me right now, right? Here we are. I'm standing behind the drums. This is this is me, man. This is this is yeah. it. This is what yeah. you get, you know? So by putting those two things together, the the music, the creativity and the business, right? You get magic. And I think that's the same for you. If I heard you correctly at the beginning of the podcast, I think that's, that's your experience as well. That, that is, that is everything that I do is serving my internal passion for music and people in this industry. It, it's And it translates, you know, look, you know, uh, my company, Triple G, we operate in many different uh, verticals and segments, right? So, you know, but it's the same thing. You know, we just brought on a new client that we're really excited about uh, called We Do, and they're in the financial fintech uh, world to make, you know, working and and the way we work uh, much more viable and efficient and better. And and it's really just interesting. The founder is a musician herself, right? Nice. And she's she's a creative and accomplished musician, right? And you see this over and over and over again in the world of business where people, you know, it could be sports. It could be mm -hmm. some other area where they're taking that passion and bringing it to what they do. And I'll go back to it. People, passion, purpose. There it is, right? So 100%. All right, Brian, we're bringing it back to you. And here's the deal, man. You you went from being a pianist to your salesman, executive, company owner. Let's let's talk about not just the transition, but let's talk about what you're working on now. Yeah, um, I guess to to feed everything into where where I arrived, right? Um, my my primary focus has been the Peter E. Schmidt company. It's it's the music business. It's what I aspired to ultimately do. Um, and I'm thrilled that I'm, I'm here in that position to do so. And in the mind of an independent rep, you're always, it's an ever-changing job and you always need to continue to find ways to add value. 
add value to the manufacturers that you work for and add value to the dealers that you're representing. And the day that you cease to add that value is the day that you cease to exist as an independent rep. And so I, I always felt a little bit kind of at arm's length when you're just a rep and you're handling the sales and the marketing and you're at the whim of your manufacturers and whatever decisions they want to make. So I, I've always been looking for ways to better integrate within those brands in the industry. I've got the network of people that I've worked so hard to, to build over the years. I've got a brand, almost like a Brian Otten's brand within this industry that sure I do and respect. <laughs> I appreciate yeah, absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, and so uh, I'll start with the with the, the transportation company. I ended up, my father and my brother were in, in transportation logistics. I was the entrepreneur in the family. And so I went and I founded my own transportation company. Hmm. I'll spare all the details on that, but I, I did that while I was an employee at the Peter E. Schmidt company. So I would go home and work late nights. And I believe me, I put my blood, sweat and tears into it. But I started to realize like, wait a second, what if I carve out a niche and I serve all of my manufacturers from their freight needs as well as their sales and marketing needs in the New York metro area. Right. What that does is it strengthens the bond. It increases the value that I personally bring to the table. And it just, it brings more security all around for, for what you offer. And so now you fast forward, I have really focused on the music industry from a transportation perspective where I'm picking up at the same regions and I'm delivering to the same endpoints every single day, every single week. And so instead of my customer calling up UPS or FedEx, and they're just going to get a quote for whatever it takes to bring a truck from here to there, I can pick up from four or five different manufacturers. I know we're all going to go to Sweetwater or B&H or American Musical Supply, and I can consolidate that freight, increase my margins, and offer them a price that they're not going to see anywhere else. And so this is how you start to fuel your passion and, and still work in music, increase your value proposition and your bond and your ties with the, with the brands that you're working with. And, you know, just ultimately the, the net result is you make more money. Um, so I wanted to say that because this is, this is the theme of what I've realized is strengthening the bond and increasing your value prop in areas that you've become an expert in. Fast forward. I've been really into cryptocurrencies since 2017, made a ton of money, lost a ton of money, rode that train all the way up and down. And then more recently, I got into NFTs, which in the beginning, I was a naysayer. My friends were into it and they were like, bro, you got to check this stuff out. And I was like, this is just a picture. Like I could just copy this picture and and I can take it. And I didn't really understand the value and the concept behind NFT technology. And as I got into it more, I realized the creative utility that brands were starting to use NFTs for. And it's limited only by your imagination. So what brands are doing is they're saying, okay, I'm going to launch this project of NFTs and I'm going to create a value for my holders of this NFT. And like I said, you're limited only by your imagination. Maybe the value is I'm going to release a limited edition of products and only owners of the NFT have access to buy that product. 
It's an interesting one. Maybe I'm going to hold in real life events. You name it, whatever the industry. If it's the music industry, I'm going to hold real life concerts. And guess what? Your ticket to that concert is your NFT. Hmm. Okay. The list goes on and on. I can I can rattle off a hundred different creative values that you can add as a brand to the holders of your NFT. But what got me more excited is that it for the first time ever, it's changing your go-to-market strategy as a brand in a way that's never been seen before. So if you think about a traditional advertising and marketing strategy, brands just put a whole bunch of ads up, billboards, newspaper ads, TV commercials, web banners, throw a bunch of stuff in front of you and hope that you run into it. And if you do run into it, hope that it resonates and sticks. With NFTs and the community building and using Discord as a social media tool, for the first time ever, brands have a way to have a two-way conversation and engagement with their best customers and with the fans of their brand. Absolutely. No, that's right. You know, what I love about this, you know, Brian, is, you know, the way you think about everything, you, you really are an innovator and a, and a pioneer in, in this space, you know, and thank you. Thank um, you. And, and I think the way and the reason for that is, while I, I know that you're a brilliant guy, I also think that you're looking at it from a very practical sense and you're using the word that you said earlier, which is value and creating mm -hmm. value. And yes. so it sounds like, you know, the lessons that you learned as a rep and adding value has kind of translated to the rest of your existence uh, in a very, very smart way. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, so the, the brand that I, that I just founded is called Opus Labs. Um, yes. I use the term Opus because it's a musical term. It is a way for classical composers to number their works and it also has an element of prestige to it for more modern reasons. Opus One Wine, Opus X Cigars, it's just Opus has like a nice ring to it. Um, and then the labs portion of it is a term that's used in the space, in the NFT space a lot. The largest company is Yuga Labs, which owns Board Ape Yacht Club and the CryptoPunks and, and you know the most successful projects. So that's where Opus Labs came from. Cool. And what we're doing is we are bridging the gap between web two, which is traditional e-commerce, everything, the world that we live in now, yeah. and web three, which is NFTs, blockchain technology, that new go-to-market strategy and engagement with customers, and helping brands position themselves for when the metaverse finally does come. And believe me, it's coming. Facebook changed their name to Meta, they're investing billions of dollars a year into this augmented reality and virtual reality experience Yes, that my kids and my kids' kids are going to be using. They're going to be going to virtual stores. They're going to be buying goods and they're going to show up on your doorstep the next day. They're going to go to virtual concerts. We're going to have virtual trade shows. It's coming. Absolutely. And so my whole initiative here is to bring this technology to our industry, help our brands launch their own NFT projects and come up with that creative utility. Cause I know what works in the space. Mm -hmm. And I also know what works and what doesn't work in traditional sales and marketing channels in the music business. Yes. Um, and I'm going to help them to be positioned for when the metaverse does come 
They've got a foundation. They've got a web three strategy. And I'm going to help our brands be pioneers in that space. Oh, that's amazing, Brian. I, I think you're really onto something. Now, that, that brings up another topic, which is NAM and your involvement in NAM, which is uh, one of the most established, you know, trade shows in the music products business. You know, yes. A, what what has your role been uh, with NAM? And B, you know, where, where do you see all of that going? So I, I'm very fortunate to be on the board of directors for NAM. Um, there's a three-year term where they select individuals to be on the board of directors. There's 24 people on the board, and it's usually split half and half. There's people representing music retailers, and there's people representing music manufacturers. Um, and then they carved out one spot for an independent rep, and I'm very fortunate to have that position. They chose um, the right guy, by the way. They chose the right guy. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I'm on the board of directors for NAM and during a time that aside from maybe world war ii has been the most well the great depression world war ii and then COVID, right. it's been a real challenge and when you think about how COVID has affected in-person gatherings and large trade shows it's a scary time yeah and and so many of our discussions have been focused on what is the future of trade shows how do we get over this crazy challenge and how do we, again, continue to provide value throughout the industry? And I can't say that we have the answer. I mean, there's a lot of really creative solutions that we've come up with, um, but a lot of it is kind of blindly thrown a dart at the wall because you don't know how people are going to ultimately feel comfortable coming back and gathering. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, it's interesting, uh, yeah, it's... you know, we just did, we just did the NAM show with Triple G Ventures, right? And we went yeah. all in, we did the same at CES as, as others were pulling out or wondering and this and that, we just went all in. And what I, what I thought, you know, and what I saw at the end of this was not only was it amazing to get the industry back together. In fact, that's how we promoted it, that we were getting back to NAM and all this. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, we had Jordan Rudis there and we had several of our brands and it was you know, we're still feeling the impact to this day. Weeks later, it is now four plus weeks later after yeah. the show, right? And already, you know, just the energy that that was created out of that is is next to none. I mean, you know, so for me, the value of, you know, is it like the old days where you go and you write a, an order and this and that? I don't know. But what I much. do know, what I do know is that, you know, the impact of bringing people together and the energy that is created reverberates across the industry over the next, you know, six months or more, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's amazing. It's basic human nature that we are social beings. Yes. We want to be together. Yeah. Now, whether people are, are still fearful of doing that or they're limited due to their restrictions that countries are putting in, and I won't launch into politics, but inherently our desire is to gather, to socialize, to be in person, to have that human contact. And I've been a believer since day one that that natural human tendency is yeah. going to help everything go back to the way it was. I, I truly believe that. Well, it's interesting. I mean, you can't replace, look, you and I talking on this versus you and I sitting at a bar having a beer or something, mm -hmm. two totally different experiences, you know? Yeah. 
uh, and it's it's difficult to to replace. You know, the other thing that's interesting is, and I'm curious to get your take on this: the modern workplace and working remotely and virtually. What's your take on that? It has its its positives and its negatives. Um, I think that most people, by definition, are not self motivated. I think they work better with structure and with teamwork around them. And again, to have a social aspect of being able to go into an office and bounce ideas off of each other and have some have coffee in the break room. And, and there, there's no way to, to replace that. And so <laughs> while you might be able to make a case that it's more efficient, all that time spent drinking coffee, going out, smoking cigarettes, chit-chatting, <laughs> It, whatever it, 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 it lowers productivity, but I don't believe so. I, I truly believe that it's that, that collaboration and that human contact that ultimately over the long run is better. And I think that's why you see people suffering with a lot of mental health issues and, you know, they're home, they're alone. It's, it, you need to get out, you need contact. So yeah. maybe, maybe a hybrid is good. Yes. Um, I've recognized, I know a lot of employees, not my own employees, of course, but a lot of employees that are taking advantage of this work at home situation. So yeah, I I think, I think there's a place for it, but I think a hybrid setup is a, is a better solution. Well, this is, now you're going full circle back to the trade shows, right? So if you have an opportunity whereby, you know, people can get together uh, and do business and interact in a special way, you know, that then gives credence to going back to the desk and working by yourself, right? Like, it, you know, you, you get the right groove. And I think that's what we're all trying to find. I, you know, back to my drumming analogy, I think there are two things that come up here. One is finding the right rhythm and cadence of how, how do you work, right? And all of that. But then there's another thing, which is also equally as important, which is having space between the notes. One of my favorite phrase, because if you yeah. fill up all, you know, uh, all of the uh, time with musical notes, that's also called noise. Uh, and you want to get rid of that. You want to have some space between the notes and, and make some music. And I think if that's the way you do business, right, you get together with people, you play, you go back, you practice, right? So you, yep. it's that kind of hybrid model, I, I think, personally, where the where the future goes. I don't think it's going away. I'll tell you that much. It's not. You know, I think it's not you know, going this, you know, so it's it's finding the right the right rhythm and cadence. Anyways, let's come back to you. Let's talk about Opus. So where is Opus right now? And like, what's next? Yeah, so um, it's really it's it's a fascinating concept. Uh, and and one of the things that gives me great joy is is creating something out of nothing. Again, feeding my soul and what makes me happy is to ultimately come up with something of value, but that creative process, I think it's the musician in me. I just love the creativity of building a brand and building a company. Um, So right now we are in the middle of building a community. Uh, The NFT space is primarily operated on Twitter and on Discord. Those are the two social platforms that are really prevalent in the space. And Right now, I'm building my community. I'm getting in on podcasts such as yours. Yeah, man. Um, Welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, to, once I get the word out there about who we are, what we're building, about the team that I assembled and put together, I would put our team against the best teams in the entire NFT industry. 
I, wow. I, I don't want to sound cocky, but I really am very confident about that. And so the more I can spread this message about what we're building and then build the community that I have, the more successful ultimately we're going to be. Yeah. So right now we launched about a month ago, three three weeks to a month ago. Um, organically, we've built a community of almost seventeen hundred people, which is wow. great. I've never done this before, but it, it's a it's great, and I get to know these people on an individual basis. Um, and and what we're doing first before we launch and and partner with our first music industry brand, mm-hmm. we're going to launch our own collection of NFTs, wow. and I'll explain what that is. Um, in the NFT space, one of the, the the things that everybody searches and tries to do is get something called a whitelist or an allow list. Mm-hmm. And that enables the individual or the investor to be the first person to mint an NFT. It's a prestigious position to be in. It's like, okay, you're on the allow list. You're guaranteed to be the first person to buy this NFT. What traditionally happens is that's the cheapest that you'll ever see the price of that NFT. And then you could sell it and then on the secondary market, supply and demand takes over. And that's what people that flip NFTs as an investment strategy have been doing quite well. So the utility behind our NFT is going to be the holders of every one of our NFT. The collection is going to be 3,333 of them. Every holder of my NFT is going to be a guaranteed to have an allow list for every partner project that we work with in the future. So when I bring on a large brand in the music industry and they launch a 10,000 or 15,000 or 20,000 piece NFT collection, I already have a pool of 3,333 potential buyers for them. That's a value to the brand because A, it's a new audience, it's a new customer, And it's somebody that believes in Opus Labs as a brand. And it's a value to the investor and holder of my NFT because that gets them access to a blue chip project brand that we're going to bring to the table. So I call that a win-win. Oh, that's genius. Brilliant. Thank you very much. In sticking with my promise to to deliver world-class quality, you're going to love this one. I could have hired any artist, created whatever, but sticking with the music theme, the, the face of our NFT, because there's always an art aspect of the NFT. It's the picture. Sure. People use it as their profile pictures for social media. It's, it's an important, you kind of become emotionally attached to this picture. Um, our picture is going to be a maestro. Nice. Think of a conductor. Nice. It's a person in a position of power. It's a leader. And I always draw the analogy of what I'm doing in this space. It's one person that has a whole orchestra of people that he's in charge of. And he turns this cacophony of sound. If you ever heard an orchestra warming up, you're just like, ah, turns all these individual personalities, all these individual instruments, all this stuff, all this crazy noise. And he puts it all together to make a beautiful piece of music. Wow. So he's a leader, he's powerful, and he's... Think about the NFT space. Think about what people think about NFTs now. They're just like, what, what is it? It's just noise. Well, us as Opus Labs are going to be that maestro to our brands. And we're wow. going to collect all that, all this noise, all this whatever. And we're going to streamline it and make it easy for them to understand. We're going to create this beautiful 
art or piece of music or NFT project for them. The artist that we chose, mm -hmm. I can't even believe that we made this happen, but we commissioned a guy named Paul Tobin. And Paul lives in New Zealand, Australia, somewhere or another. And he was the concept artist that developed almost all of the characters that you know and love from the following movies. The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings trilogy, wow. Avatar, Chronicles of Narnia, Blade Runner, The Expanse, the, these um, huge blockbuster movies. And he's the artist that created our maestro, which I have not revealed to the world yet, but I've got it. It's ready. It's ready to go. And it's beautiful. So are we hearing it here first? Is this is that what you're saying right now, Brian? Well, don't, not necessarily. Not <laughs> all right, necessarily. all right. Close that, enough. We'll, we'll say yes. We'll go with it, that. We can we can go with yes, um, but it is ready, right? And and wow. so we've got the foundation. Congratulations, the, that's thank fantastic. you so much. Thank you so much. So my whole thing is, the people that invest in Opus Labs and buy our NFT, they're going to have the utility of being a part of all the partner projects that we launch in the future, which is going to be exceptional. Wow. But my goal was strip the utility away from it, and I want that to be valuable as a piece of art. Wow. And I believe that we're going to accomplish both of those things. Well, there's something, you know, special in the concept and the idea of bringing art, music, value, passion, people all together in this sandwich you got going on over there, Brian. Yes. You're on to something really interesting, and I can't wait to hear what you're up to next. Now, let me ask you back to you and the way that you work. You're doing a lot of different things. Right. You've got a lot, a lot of uh, irons in the fire. I, I might have even heard. I'm not sure if if you might even have a, a, a new baby on the way. I, it sounds sounds like it's an interesting time over there. How do you keep all of this, you know, straight? And, you know, how do you kind of manage your time? Thank you. That that is the number one question that has been asked of me over the past couple of years of my life. And I can't say that I really have an answer to it, but to address the one thing, yes, my wife and I are going to have our fourth baby girl. And maybe this is a testament to my work ethic, but because we're going to the hospital tomorrow to have our daughter. So, Congratulations, <laughs> man. You. That's so Thank exciting. You. Thank you. So we, we think we're going to go to the hospital tomorrow at some point. Um, and then the baby, it's kind of we're like scheduling a baby. I guess that's how you do it. Been 22. there, done that. It's the craziest thing ever. It's crazy. So the baby should be arriving on Saturday. Uh, we're super, super excited. Um, yeah, four daughters and my wife. I'm in trouble. Wow. This is why I have to work so hard. And this is why I got to keep working. Um, time management. I don't look at any one of the things that I do as a job. I really feel that I have a unique skill set in being able to manage this time. I don't get frazzled. I look at each challenge as... Just that as a challenge. Yeah, I love challenges. I'm competitive. I want to find ways to overcome them. And I enjoy working on my businesses. I, I, I don't like when I'm getting too into the nitty gritty of working in the companies. So I'm, I'm relying on my skill set, which is my relationships, my network, my ability to bring in new business, uh, my ability to lead and manage people and to help them to grow and learn, to, to ultimately just help every everybody succeed. Um, so I just, you know, I wake up, I got a lot of energy. I wake up at six in the morning, I go and play tennis. 
come back, it's start the day. Um, I got a, a lot of energy, a lot of passion, a lot of love. And I don't really view this as a job. I, I, I truly enjoy what I do. And I love the web of what I've created. All right, Brian, it's come to the point in the conversation where I have to ask, what question have I not asked you that you thought I might have? And how would you have answered it? Whew. Probably if I could be any farm animal, what would I be? You know, one of those like bizarre interview questions <laughs> that people are like, what? oh, yeah, I've heard them all. <laughs> Um, you know, Greg, this one of the things that I respect about you is that you are so thorough. And through the course of our conversation, I I, I kind of feel like we hit on we got we it all in there. Topics. All right, ladies like and gentlemen, you heard it here first once again. Uh, no, I'm just playing. Um, listen, uh, Brian, I, I got to thank you so much for for taking the time to to talk with us today, and especially ahead of having a a, a new baby coming tomorrow morning. Congratulations once again. Congratulations on all of your other babies with your companies here. Uh, it, it really is exciting, and I can't wait to see what you do next. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm just so excited about everything you got going on. It's, it's an amazing, uh, opportunity. So thank you so much for joining us today, Brian, really appreciate it for anybody that's listening. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, please help us spread the word, please like share, subscribe, all that cool kid stuff that I know nothing about. Actually, I know quite a bit about, but whatever, uh, we, we are so happy that, uh, we were able to do this today and there's so much more to come. So until we see you next time, uh, keep, keep it going out there. People, passion, purpose, and peace. Peace.